0: hi guys welcome to the episode of the Ransportsman Podcast I'm your host David yeah I have some apologies to do uh I'm sorry I didn't record on Thursday and I didn't record yesterday now I didn't record on Thursday because um I have some other things to do unfortunately I couldn't really do the last episode where I could come do some reviews and I couldn't record yesterday because the Manchester United Liverpool game was happening yesterday and it's a game of real significance so I just want to just do everything today do the entire round now? If it was maybe, if it was maybe another Premier League um, fixture that doesn't have the same level of significance as that rivalry, maybe a Crystal Palace versus Everton, Crystal Palace versus Nottingham Forest, or Aston Villa Everton, you know that kind of fixture, I probably won't even, probably would not even do it, right? So that's why I am actually recording this mo- this morning. Yeah. So today's episode, we're gonna do um, I'm gonna do Premier League reviews of the weekend matches, including Monday yesterday, and I will also be. Obviously, I'll be talking about the matches and the in-game actions, and you know, I'll talk about United's play yesterday because it was really an unusual um, system they adopted—not unusual per se, but it's what I didn't really expect them to do. So I want to talk about them. We're we'll going to delve into that, and then um, in our big story segment, we're going to check into check our big stories, and big stories just basically transfer. And as you all know. It happens every freaking every freaking day. Things happen, you know, like this. It's the window; it's open every hour, every second. Something always pop up. So yeah, without further ado, let's delve in. <laughs> okay, so let's start with our alpha game. So sports game, obviously, in no in no particular order or in order rather in. In order, I'll try in order, I'll try as much as I can. So, we, the weekend started um, early kickoff. Probably our first early kickoff in quite a long time. I think we had an early kickoff. I can't remember the last time we had an early kickoff. No, it the time I used to watch sports. It was mostly midday, midday. We had an early kickoff last season. Anyways, early kickoff at home, you know, fixtures. We played against, we played against Wolves. Now, it's a fixture that we we lost last season uh, at home last season i think it was so it was so disastrous right because um the, the, way, the way we were set up last season we had only one 11 right and that 11 had to deliver you know there was no bench to really bring things to come change things you know not going that way so i think that was probably one of the games where Conte was like listen i think we have to get options <laughs> the so when we two goes down within the first 10 minutes against wolves last season and we just couldn't get back into the game. You know, First, the the option already on the pitch, those guys didn't really do a lot. They couldn't really get back in. And then there was nobody off the bench to bring on and say, okay, come change the game for us. So there was really not, they couldn't really do anything in that game. Now, fast forward on Saturday, well, I would say defensively, we were all over the place obviously against Wolves that first time. More, of, I don't know if it was a personnel issue or something, but you know, worldwide over place, and then probably at that time, you know, the team was beginning to understand gradually the system and all that. So a lot of things. So any most of the time, fixtures and results that happen before February, sometimes I can, I can understand them, and then even fixture result, even some results that happen even during the seasons, like the fish, the result against Brentford and result against Brighton. I can understand because in those games, you know, there are reasons why they happen that way. Maybe it's something that you might need a bench to change, and there was no bench to change. But overall, there are games where I would just say, okay, yeah, I kind of understand why the future. So, even like, so, in this game, we start with our usual you know, 3 4 3, but there was a change. It was just Perisic, and even Perisic was quite good. Now, in the first half, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't as good, but the entire team wasn't really good in that first half and the way we played. But we were able to, and Wolves were, Wolves were the guys, they were in, they were literally in gun, they were the, the game guys, I think Wolves were the ones who were having a lot of the shots, they looked more threatening in that first half and sports just didn't get going, you know, they were just, they just were awful, they were not really putting in, and we didn't have a shot on target until, you know, close to the end of the first half, which was a, a cross from Paris, H, I mean that cross was out of nothing, a cross from Paris to Kane, and then that was the goal. That was an a corner and then the first half ended now the second half we came back we looked a lot much better i don't know i mean I, and even after the game i was watching i was reading some tweets yesterday um Kulisowski was interviewed and he was saying that country was very i think he was saying country was very angry at halftime. of course he would be angry because i mean you have no they, they were playing like just woke them up to say come and play football today that was how bad they were and you know yeah time out that he was really upset and then they had to come back they had to come to the second half come to their game and really 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 you know, play better, and they played better in the second half. I mean, they really deserved the win in the second half. The First half, I would say they were just hanging on. But probably, we thought that there was a, bit, a, a little bit of story. Was a Romero being missing? Going, he had a, picked up an injury, a small injury though. Um, after the game against Chelsea, diagnosed, and then I think something, something really funny happened. We were completing reports too. Alex Gold reports that he's going to be able to do four weeks and according to Alex Gold, you know the report he put out was from the medical team but Romero's camp was like no it's not really going to be that long just 10 days just one game and you know I'll be back that kind of thing so it's conflicting reports maybe he just wants to play and you know well listen I can't even say listen we're not going to take a risk which makes a lot of sense so De Sanchez played and now the there's a popular opinion about David Sanchez and it's very popular you know he's he has moments no matter how well he plays there are always mistakes and that is part of his game you know and whenever you watch Jamison Sanchez play for sports, I watch him play for sports I'm always afraid that he will make one mistake it is that fear that and listen, you know of people will say I mean, you can't really come and accuse us and saying that um, oh fans they just hold on to this view of Sanchez and they refuse to change their mind it's not that, it's just a fact that listen we've watched him play so many times and after watching him play so many times, we've come to conclusion. listen, you know, if he's doing this, this happens every game, all these moments, they happen every single and they happened against Wolves, you know, before that starts, that, oh, Sanchez has kept clean sheet, X, Y, Z, here and there, <laughs> he kept a clean sheet against Burnley last season, right, clean sheet, even towards the end of the season, right, but if you look at the, towards the end of the season, yes, um, he played, they said, oh, he kept clean sheet, he saw the season, we finished top four, which is true. But if you look into those games, those moments were there where a better attacker would probably capitalise on those moments that Sanchez, you know, tends to, to give those moments he tends to have. I remember the game against Burnley last season where um, Max Koné had a chance because of uh, because of Sanchez, right? Didn't really read the run and San- Koné was in, Koné was in, and kudos to, I think Loris ended up saving that goal. So. Sanchez has those kind of moments. Even in the game against Wolves, he didn't really play well. People were saying he played great and he was not like if did not watch the game after was he wasn't really dominant. He wasn't really playing well. You know, in that game, also in that first half we were very lucky. Where we really were quite lucky to not really concede goals in the first half. There was, there were two different, I think there was an occasion where there was a ball across and the way he was just from the left, right? He was chasing the defender and then he got muscled off and he, he, he was put on his backside and he fell. And there was another one again that that one, I had I had flashbacks of against man city away i had flashbacks last year when when he fell on the floor that gundogan's top goal i had flashbacks i mean (laughs) that was similar ball over the top he's supposed to deal with the ball he didn't deal with it but ended up bouncing ended up running to goal and then you know luckily they didn't score and these these are the moments i'm talking about with sanchez you know and in those in that game it happened now the thing with sanchez is okay rotational player that is what he is right now but the problem is you know, I hope it's, him being rotational doesn't cost us in the long run, fine he's just, but to be fair, to, to Sanchez's credit, he's probably one of the few defenders who I would say would want to accept that backup, Maybe he would sit on the bench, then he would come back, come onto the pitch, probably one of the few that would say, okay I accept that, sit on the bench, come on the pitch and then when you are needed to play and then you sit back on the bench, you know, just be an option, he, fine. But I wish he would cut out that round. You just, because the, the tools to be a top defender, Sanchez has everything, you know, he's tall, he's fast, he's strong, you know, but his passing is a problem, you know, concentration, I, I won't even say passing much, passing is a problem though, but not as much as concentration, you see, if his passing was the way it is, right, and the concentration was okay, concentration was good, I would understand it, but his passing isn't really good his, his passing is okay not very good though but uh, it's manageable concentration is the most important fix fit, fit, um factor here he's not very very good in terms of concentrating he always he always has those moments we talk about and that's the issue i have with david sanchez now fast forward to so back to the game <laughs> i had like a mini moment I just talking about the game and then started talking about david sanchez and cool so back to the game so the second half came, came back on, played better in the second half and you know could everyone scored more in my opinion and then um, Perisic, the assist, that's <laughs> the second consecutive assist for Kane and there's a mini joke like oh he's assisting um, Kane and Son is feeling jealous <laughs> yeah and speaking of Son, Son wasn't really good in that game this is the third game he's not really looking good and listen a lot of fans they when we end the game the game was over a lot of fans were listening listen Richard Nixon came on looked really good when he came on even I think the him scored like twice because there was one where he was uh, playing off the left and then he caught he not make the wolves I think, was call Collins, the wolves defender and then he was able to make a run the, probably should have done better anyways in the cameos he has the games he has come on in his cameos he has looked really really good whenever he has come on the pitch he has um he's looked really good so there's, there's a bit of so fans are like listen i think we would want richarlison to come on and actually play we'd like richarlison to come to come to come play the games so it takes basically it takes some spots now when fans say these things then talk about the usual um comments everywhere I listen oh you know um what about this person what about this person i do not care the fact of the matter is this son hasn't looked at his best yet and you know calling for Richarlison to take his spot and son to take be on the bench for the meantime to be on the bench right? So he has to fight back his way, fight his way back into the team. It's not really, it's not like people hate Son and we're like, oh show him some respect, we Oh God, it's the usual cliche. Many people understand that the world of sports, your aim is to win, you're not there to really hand out um, points to just anybody, your aim is to win. Son hasn't looked really good. Yes, we know he take, when he gets going, he gets going, that's a fact, that is true. But at the moment, he's not really producing the good. And that's the issue. And the, the reason you brought in Richarlison is because of moments like this. Because I remember many times when you know we would be, be playing really poorly, he would have this moment, these spells, right, where he would have these barren runs where he would just be quiet. a bit till He will come back and gain himself back, right? Fine, the corner could the corner kick. It was his corner. The is flicked onto Kane. But if you check, this, if you check something out, right, the reason we have Richarlison, Richarlison was because of this, this kind of periods yeah you need to win but because the player you need hasn't gotten going yet you're you're not really getting the points or the goals that you need because because you look at the child you look completely different like listen if this guy has started you know with him and pressure on that wing. that's the thing for me so when people in like listen it's just the way it is this competition he's not looking good at the moment yet he will look he will come good. and for me i think it's even good that he takes a break Maybe he doesn't start the game against nothing like first because if you start, if you think about it right, if he starts the game against nothing, everybody already focuses on Son now. In fact, I would argue that a lot of the reasons why, obviously Son is still good, right? A lot of the reasons why Son kind of went under the radar because of Kane. So everybody focuses on Kane and then Son was always hiding, you know, under the radar he was doing beats, under the radar, most people didn't really talk about it. So people just come in wanting to stop Kane, sure. and this sort of gave Son this kind of freedom to really go under the radar. But if you look very closely a lot of teams have started trying to shut him up already you know and winning the golden boot last season sort of like okay you are that guy now you know winning the golden boot last season gives him extra attention and it's normal it's just kind of things that come with it you, you win the golden boot it's this is just another when people say things like winning the first one is usually be, is easier than winning the second one because winning the second one you have extra you have extra extra um Rivals, right? People, people actually go out to really want to stop you now. They are, they are devising tactics to stop you. I mean, Son is very Everybody knows that. So people are devising tactics to stop you. So even if they try to stop Kane, Son, like, okay, this guy is the guy. We have to stop now. Then, that, and probably that's why Kulusevski sort of has freedom, you know, at the moment. But that's and sort of is a blessing at the same time because if you try to stop Son, it freezes Klusevsky. So if you free up one, if you stop one, the other two will still be able to play with and as a sure in that second half, Klusevsky still played well in that second half, where he was able to really look good, dribble, you know, he was able to he was still creating chances. I mean there was a chance he created for Kane where Kane hit the bad chance created for Son also. So Kruzke again playing well. Yes, the Chelsea game, but that was that was just i probably get an off day though. But back to the game. So, yeah, and then, you know, he came, like I said, we tried and came on, tried looked really good in the game. So, Spurs went 1 0. Um, good win. I would say it's a good win. Um, Second half, first half were awful, I mean, but second half were very, very good. Very fantastic. In fact, <laughs> second half was really good. We could have almost got more goals in the second half, and it's just the truth. And again, another thing I also, I also noted in that game was Diane Sanchez, right? You know, Diane Sanchez together they don't really look really good and there's this thing where if Romero plays I feel a lot more confident if he plays with Dyer than if he's Sanchez and Dyer, right because in that line Sanchez already is not really is a weak link already right in terms of in that back in that defense already as a defender and then if you have Romero, Romero tends to mop up things better, he tends to do defending basically better. Right, so Dyer doesn't Daya doesn't really look as bad as he will look when he plays with Sanchez, and that's the issue I have, you know, at the moment. That's, that's just the issue I have. You know? I mean, Daya won't look as bad, and it's true. Even that last weekend, he didn't really look very good. He didn't look really good at all, at all. He looked really bad, and Davis was the only one who played really well in that back three, especially in that first half. But yeah, the sports played. I think it's a very important one. Now, if you look at now the positives in the so far is. From last season the three fixtures we've had we've played in the first three games they are fixtures that we we didn't really we lost i think we lost the three fixtures last season so getting seven points from these fixtures what i mean i'm talking about um saddamson at home we lost that one three one three two last season chelsea away we lost that game was it one nil or two nil last season i think it was one nil then um Chris, um wolves at home we lost the two nil last and so this season we've gotten, we we've beat we've around in 4-1, we've drawn against Chelsea 2-2 and then we've beaten um, Wolves 1-0 so it's it's an improvement, it's 7 points so it's an improvement for me in my opinion so I think, yeah, it's a really good um, start so far and then yeah, so I think that's all i have to say about that one Let's talk about, we'll talk about a lot more sports related stuff in victory, they're mostly transferred at the moment, the next game here was, bom- um, so there were things like, um, 3 p.m. kickoffs. So there was Bournemouth versus Arsenal, Everton versus Nottingham Forest, Leicester versus Southampton, Fulham versus Brentford, and Crystal. Christop- then Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace versus Aston Villa. I think the Arsenal game was the last one, if I'm not mistaken. But you know, particular So Arsenal winning 3 0 again. Gabriel Jesus looking really good for Arsenal so far. I mean, it's the way Gabriel Jesus just fits Arsenal like a glove, right? In terms of the way they want to play it's not even what makes jesus really good it's not because it's not about just scoring and finishing if you look at the way jesus played and be um Aubameyang played for them and the way um this guy like i said played for them last season you know well like i said would you know he would hold the ball up then rather than trying to do something he would he would back off he would he would back off this way he, the way he i don't know how to explain it right so he would bend in a way then he would back off and try and block the ball. so it, was with, it just wasn't working, right? With Lacazette. Like and it's not even about just the finishing with Lacazette. Like it was a lot of his in-game play. Now looking at the way Jesus has played, he has taken their game to another level up front in terms of his link up playing forward in forward line. Jesus has really looked good for us. Now listen, a lot of the goals Arsenal have scored. In fact, I would say all the goals Arsenal have scored so far from the first games to now. In fact, everyone the first game against the first game against Leicester, against Crystal Palace. I think the first goal was it the first goal? all uh, right What the first goal? What I mean is he's always involved in all of their goals. So he, even if he doesn't make the direct assist, the touch before the assist from probably from Jesus. The game against Leicester, he scored two goals, right? He scored two. Probably could have even had a hat trick. Then if you look at the game, even in that game they won foot I think he had a touch in that. He it, it was just he was live like creating chances. So in their forward line. They've not really. That is clearly what they've been missing, right? You know, they've really looked really good. Arsenal really play good football with Jesus up front. You know, he would even the the ball ball game for example. The first goal that that first goal I think it was Odiga who scored it, right? But prior to passing the ball to the left back was it Zinchenko? Um, the ball came to him, then he brought the ball down. The, the control was so good, and then he took it back, and then he, he fed the pass. Then he was able to put it across for Odigard to score. Even yeah, the second one was an assist from him, you know, to Udigard. They thought nah Jesus is really I think up front for Arsenal, he has really looked good for them. Probably i would say probably the best for five million pounds they spent in probably a long time. You know, it's not even about the goal. Even if Jesus goes on the environment, it's not about that, it's, it's the in-game play that that makes him really good for them in the way they play and it makes that. It makes them tick basically, right? It wouldn't be as effective if it was Ketia or somebody else. And that's one of the things about Arsenal. So Arsenal won the game 3 um, good I think it was a good win. Uh, to be fair, everybody sort of expects Arsenal to beat Bournemouth. Let's be real. It's Bournemouth. Bournemouth away. They really expect Arsenal to beat Bournemouth. I mean, let's be real. It, it is Bournemouth. No offense to Bournemouth, but it's Bournemouth. Is that, home, is that on that ground? a lot of bigs or if not most of the big six teams will go there and really really tear them apart because bonbons couldn't get out i mean the difference in quality was night and day trust me between Arsenal and bonbons it's not even about bonbons not being able to play it's the fact that the quality difference was just obvious it's not, and I, I know i know you know it's not even about playing play, they want to play the want to play the ball hoof the ball off for kiffer more to you know chest down and then, the difference was nice and day and you know, good win for Arsenal and the next game here is um, Everton versus Nottingham Forest 1-1 draw Now Nottingham Forest took the lead at first <laughs> Everton just keep getting away with stuff so this was Everton's first point though um, they lost to Chelsea 1-0 in the first game lost to Aston Villa 2-1 and now finally going their first point it's so, a 1-1 draw against Nottingham Forest um, good goal from um, Johnson for Nottingham Forest and then Everton equalizing you know, I think it was just enough for them. It you was know, the will equalised for them. It was just enough. I think everything just need as much points as possible because it's really going to be a very difficult season for them. Obviously they are they are out in the market for a striker. They the look out for a striker, though but I think you probably have to get one a transfer because cover Lewin is out and then everything just needs to really go out and get that centre forward play because they need goals. They need goals and they need a lot of it. I mean losing Michalles clearly Obviously, it's a really really big blow and then if you look around the Everton squad, you don't really know where the goals are really gonna come from. Yes, Demarie Gray, you know, scored. He looked really good last season, but after that, what else? If we look around them, there's really no goal threats. There's no, there's no nobody that you can say, okay, this is the guy who's gonna get us 15 goals, 13 goals, 10 goals, you know, for us. This is the guy. It should have a Cavalier window, but Everton is injured. It's Everton is really in the market for a striker. Who they will get, I do not know, but like I said, I did mention some names, I think I was thinking like, down in the championship, try to get somebody, just a, a striker who you know that can get you 10 goals, I think that is probably what will make them fine, because at the moment, Everton are in very big trouble, I mean, struggling to get goals, and everyone was in for a score, I didn't really expect Everton to really equalize, I knew it was, was going to be very, I was like, listen, this is going to be very difficult, but close to them, they will find a way and then they score, it means nothing up for us, there's a way through them though. I mean there's a way there's a, there's a way. You can play there's a way there's a way to play around them. And that's probably one of the things that probably is okay fine. You <laughs> know, there's there's positives to look at here. And yeah, so the last game was Leicester versus Southampton. Um Leicester losing this one at 1-2-1 one. And um there's an interesting story. So Chelsea entered in the Westley for Fana. Fofana was taken out was taking he asked to not be part of the squad. You know, I think he didn't really play in this game. So Leicester side, now Leicester scoring first, drew first blood, uh, Madison scoring freaking free kick, one nil up already, but there's one thing that people, there's one thing, remember when I said about Leicester have a big problem that they're dealing with, and for them to really draw through, because this is a game, remember I said they had issues holding leads, right, in the first game against Brentford, they were 2-0 up, couldn't hold that lead, threw it away, drew 2-2, two two. against Arsenal, it wasn't a lead per se, but getting back into the game, and trying to get something get me they can't really hold it they can't really hold a lead so there's something wrong def- defensively with them i think i don't know if it's a goalkeeper because obviously losing schmeichel is a big deal and i'm ve- i'm still very surprised that schmeichel went to nice i'm still really surprised because i don't really it's one of that i just don't understand what was the reason it's not like leicester I have a better keeper lined up what made it happen what made him go to nice i just don't know honestly i do not know I don't know Uh, it is one of those that just that still surprises me to this very day but yeah you know there's something very wrong with leicester defensively it's it's very very obvious if it's the goal i don't know if it's the goalkeeper not having as much commanding presence as Schmeichel had in that on that defense i don't know if that is the case i don't know if you know different there's just something wrong so two, one nil up now two one nil up already um evans scoring two goals chad evans scoring two goals. is it chad evans sorry um adams Jay adams oh my god <laughs> Jay adams scoring two goals to win 2-1 for Southampton. obviously deserve to win i mean they played well for that game to get the win but leicester what's up you know the decline is just really bad it's just so bad and the fact that they have not signed anybody I make this today of the window. So they haven't signed anybody. The window is close to ending. Obviously close to ending. And they haven't really gotten anybody in. It's worrying and they don't even look good already. Yes, I know they have new players out and only players return but what if what about when they don't what so for now but you need points on the board yes they have one point but if you look at how they got that one point i think you'll be disappointed that they, 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 it could have been three but their fans should be disappointed that it, it wasn't three because they could have won that game easily and, and that's what i'm saying like for me leicester i'm very big trouble it's it's you just know that they are going to be in for a real fight now i don't i think we heard some rumors that bernard rogers was sacked but we never saw anything that really confirmed that but you know he's, one, probably, you know, he's, somebody, he's probably somebody who are listening and like, listen. this guy may be the first person to get asked because um you know the, the 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 results don't look good and then but again i'm wondering this right if you sack rogers I don't really think it's just the solution to Leicester's problem because they still have other issues they have to resolve. You know, signings. Sacking Roger. Yes, I know Roger maybe already he bottled some of the um, the key positions they were in. He threw away some some leads. I know that we get that. But if you look overall, you know, but it's not even just. I, I don't even know if. Uh, okay, Leicester a team that really that we know in terms of recruitment. We're like, listen, these guys are very good at recruitment. They know how to get players. Everybody praised their recruitment. Very fantastic recruitment. But something has gone wrong. I don't know where. I don't know how. I Maybe I've not researched it yet. But maybe they lost... I think did they lose a scout or something. The scout probably left the club or something. I don't know. Because since last last year, they haven't really... They haven't really gotten in players in. sumari was the last one they tried. They got in sumari obviously. sumari But Sumari didn't really like do well it didn't really do well for them it didn't really play well for them so it didn't really look good now they lost goalkeeper and the thing about the goalkeeper which Schme- might losing schmeichel is the replacement in is ward which so they just basically basically brought in their second choice i remember i said ward was a, some was the same goalkeeper who played against wasn't nothing for forest when they lost 4-1 or 4-0 in the fa cup he was one who played in that game i remember jets playing scoring in that game but it's one thing people also also forget to note right you also forget to know that um, in, you know if you lose a first goalkeeper, second choice goalkeeper, bringing into step up, you know it's it's not really something that you would really be surprised if the levels drop because it's a second choice for a reason. So Leicester need a goalkeeper. It's it's I, I just can't understand why they haven't gotten one. And the funny thing is this, right? If you look at Nick Pope, Nick Pope was there for them to get. Listen, Newcastle already had dubravka and Cardalo, two goalkeepers already, right? Newcastle already had these two guys for them, he, and they went and got in Nick Pope. Nick Pope is like an assurance for them. Three, they have three goalkeepers that you could say can play for Premier League clubs, right? Even if maybe not, maybe they are not, you know, the top upper ech- echelons, but they are better than what Leicester have. Leicester should have tried to get Nick Pope. If you look at the fee Newcastle paid for Nick Pope, you like, why were Leicester over this? and i don't i don't even understand i seriously i don't understand why leicester are not really trying to think is it like they're just trying are they just tying their hands and just saying oh, okay let's just go down like that i don't understand <laughs> i don't even know if they can buy a win at the moment and that's how bad leicester currently are you know but i don't think sacking rogers will be the solution though i think they still have other problems more than just sacking rogers but you know and yes you know i think they won the commission last year they won the FA Cup last year, so is it maybe that period where that team has just reached that peak and then it's time for it to just you know but then i don't know what, what the reason is but it's it's worrying i think it's something that leicester have to worry about though oh just but they're gonna be losing yuri telemans also in this window so it's 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 yeah, in a very big one. anyways that's enough for, for that game and this game here was um, some um, Fulham versus Brentford. Fulham winning this game 3 2. This is a London derby, actually. And um there's a bit of interesting um event that happened in the game. Um, I think we're, uh, Fulham were leading. I think we're 2 0 up already. And then Brentford fought back to make it 2 2. If is scored first time, then he was disallowed. Scored again. That one was allowed. But this is what is funny for me in that game. There's a bit of. In, I think Metrovich ended up scoring. So if did a um, Metrovich celebration, that year um move his hands around his ear right so i think after the game i think we, even tony, i don't know if it was like a little battle between both of them <laughs> so nature of his score and he did it to, to, to tony was like imagine he was like listen he we played together he was my boy at newcastle you know and he looked up to me i looked up to alan shira so <laughs> it was just really funny so now there's a bit of um story Now, apart from the fact this has been a london derby it's a bit of um small storyline now with this associated with this fixture because of that little comment between both of them. You see these are the things I really like about (laughs) Premier League for and trust me they're going to capitalize on that. The Premier League guys are going to capitalize on that to really try to make sure that you know we're aware of these things. But I would really look forward to the return fixture between Brentford and Fulham. Brentford will be at home at that time and Fulham will be away. I just pray middle is available. I just pray all of them are available so that we can really see both of them go to them go at it. Obviously go at it you know scoring that that's what i mean not really going at taking tackles at each other Now, i think they probably know each other they probably do know they probably know each other though but it's one of those things. but yeah so full getting winning getting three points in this game now full of my game they're really gonna be a, a, they're really gonna be a team that people should worry about especially away from especially at Craven cottage now you have to be on your best i mean they play liverpool they play liverpool off the pack i think it was it was a 2-2 draw though quite unlucky to draw that game probably should have beaten Liverpool on that day quite unlocked the other game I think in the second game was it um, I can't remember what they played in the second game I can't remember now I remember as I keep talking so the second game obviously and then this game they've won that's a very good good result for them so winning this game 3-2 very good result for them because um, like I said they need as many points as possible when at the start of the season and they may just shake off that yo-yo club tag this season because so far because if you, if you check right Football fans, Premier League fans always say, Norwich City, Fulham, they come up and they will go down eventually. We always, the, for, for Premier League fans always say these things amongst themselves, right? But, if you look at, if you look at um, Fulham's business, I, I, I think the last episode, after the game against Liverpool, when that episode, I, the first weekend of Game Week 1 episode I did, I was talking about Palinia in midfield for them, and I was talking about how I thought he would be like another John Seri, who was linked to every other big club in Europe, ended up going, joining Fulham, couldn't join um, up joining Fulham and ended up you know, making us see why maybe that was his level. But with Palina, it's probably a different story because he has looked really good and he's Portuguese obviously and so Portugal really stacked, that's another that Portuguese player who would really, who potentially is going to the World Cup you know this year. But I am really really impressed with how he has played, obviously, he scored in the game against Brentford, he scored their second goal wow i mean that guy is probably gonna be key to how they play in this entire season it's gonna be key to every single result they get in every single game we play that guy is gonna be key to every single result they get but <laughs> it's really amazing to see i won't lie it's really really amazing to see the fulham you know they've done their business well again obviously and would you say i would argue that maybe mitrovich not being able to transfer some of his premier, his form from a championship to the premier league it was probably the reason why they struggled because if you look at how they've played now, Mujović is clearly scoring. Um, yes, you know the businesses they've done. Again, I will say I will see. Point back to Palinia being the, the best for me. That one is really the guy. That is a real proper difference for me. If, if you look at if I look at their previous teams and this one, I mean, Fulham, the team that was relegated before. Now, I mean, they were they were getting they were getting loaded every weekend they were getting loaded goals were just conceding goals every weekend but looking at these ones now yeah i don't really think that is the case you know at the moment i mean watch i don't think that's gonna be the case that guy is gonna be that guy is gonna be the one for them that is potentially i'll, I'll call it now i think he's gonna be their player of the season i really do Paulinia. but yeah that's for me that one that game though so good win for Fulham, now Christopher was Aston Villa 3-1. Um, this one 3-1, Zaha scoring again for Palace. and you know it's impressive that Zaha has kind of found himself you know in this position where yeah he's now obviously he's now a senior player in that squad, apart from being a senior player in that squad, he's in a position where he's a lot more of a goal threat now than he was some years ago. But it's on again listen you all know i'm a huge fan of vieira as a manager everybody knows that i mean if you listen to this episode every weekend you all know i'm a huge fan of patrick vieira right apart from the fact that it's um forget the fact that i do not like arsenal vieira was probably one of the few players that i was like okay one of the few Arsenal you know the players you just say okay you respect this guy was a, this guy was really well respected a quality footballer he just admired their career and how they played and how they carried themselves on the pitch you know that was very one of those guys we just see like and even as a manager the way he has conducted himself, the way he plays. I mean I don't know if you listen to my, if you listen if you, if you listen my new listeners, if you listen to my episodes during 2020, was it 2020? 2020 and 2021. I think 2021. So if you listen to my episodes around that period last year, there was there were talks of Crystal Palace. Even last year, crystal Palace their squad was really aging. They were gone, right? Innocent the they were gone, they're aging, I mean their defense they had Scott Dan, Gary Cahill, Joe Waldo, they are starting right back obviously Tariq Mitchell was just just came in for their team though their midfield they have um, i think it was Miliverovic was their starter obviously in his status and they had Koyate um obviously Koyate is still do. i think their forward line they had um basically i think their score was so if you look at those names i mentioned they were aging basically so a lot of those players that i mentioned they were remnants from they were re- players remaining from um tony pulis era without that period when Christopher has hired tony pulis was it frank De- the period when frank the was manager lost his first four games they sacked him and brought in Tony. was it tony pulis or something i think it was tony pulis tony pulis they, i think they had cameron jerome they had like a front three of bolasi cameron jerome and zaha on the left where they were able to spring bring and that was when police was signing players like scott dan um i think even then they brought they brought in roy hudson was it roy hudson or wait, and they brought in roy hudson later it was Hudson. i think roy hudson was the one who brought gary cahill so they had some of that you know remnant and i think Klub, if you look at the way christopher has played now they style of playing play and the way they play attacking football they look, they are not the same um um forklift driver-esque Football kind of football, right? They're not playing that kind of bonly Style compared to the one they used to be playing that they were no sort of known for that, you know they were gonna sit back and try and hold because they tried to go with that Free-flowing football with Frank De Boer Didn't work out majority. so they went back and then I think with Vieira they found that right formula because now with Vieira he has come in the style of play he has adopted has been really good he's going to give a lot of their young players attacking freedom to really go out there and express themselves I mean look at Zaha I mean yes I know Zaha goal scoring numbers were quite good under Roy Hudson but um, if you look at Crystal Palace now I would say they look a lot more enjoyable to watch than they were under Roy Hudson and again I'm happy that it's Vieira listen let me talk about this right in football in as much as we want to pretend that you know Merit and all that, so no, 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 it's so not pretend per want to say merit is merit based, it is merit based. You know, I'm not going to come here and say, Oh, it's by single. it's not by single, it's, it's merit based. You know, you become a manager by merit. But if you look at, obviously, it's a majority white country, majority white country, majority white But, to be a black manager like vera who was really successful in that league what it's tell what is proving is proving a lot of things right for me because one of my arguments when I always talk about lack of black managers in the league i always say um if they are good enough they will get the job and that's what i've always said you know and it's true if they are going to get the job they would always argue and if you look at the black managers in the league over well, years you know have they are they really managers who they didn't really do well i think it was there was terry connor with wolves there was a um, Although Nick Powell didn't play with Wolves though, Nick Powell was in the championship with Athletic, though. But those are the ones I can remember, but there was even, um, I think there was this West Brom manager, um, I can't remember his name right now, basically, they were black, they've always been black managers in the league, but they've not really been very good, so you can't really make the argument say they need to get a job, and then even if you want to say, um, what about um, Lampard and Gerrard who keep getting jobs, well that is a whole debate already. those guys were clearly media darlings, I don't think you would probably call it a skin colour thing, even even if you know eventually you get found out, it's just the way football is. Okay, my point here is this, right? You know, the black managers will always say, you know, you don't get a chance, you don't get the job, da da da, da skin color Why not just put yourself in a position, prepare yourself, build up your CV, make, do really well somewhere else, get it so you get a chance? Because I've always said, opportunity is You know, and do, do do well somewhere, people will see you and say, okay, fine, let's give this guy a chance and Because if you look at Vieira, Vieira is that kind, right? I think it was in he was in Man City's under, the, wasn't their youth setup where he was um, manager. He was managing their young team under twenty something, under twenties. I think under uh, twenty threes or so. He was managing those things, and then he went, then he went to OGC Nice, Nice, and it was Nice. He really looked, he really sort of built his reputation, built his CV, right? Managing Nice did really well. I did okay i don't really i don't know what needs a lot though but probably his work didn't need but obviously eventually I, here and there i check out your results but i have really watched his team play but him getting an opportunity with Crystal Palace and then probably even probably proves my point that listen if you go out there you know, you build up your you do the work you have to do, you'll get the chance. And when you get the chance, you grab it with both hands and you'll be ready for it to really make Because sure. whenever you... Because when you get the chance, I mean, like it or not, you know, Vieira, Vieira doing well, it's a good... It's a good thing for other managers who, other black managers who potentially want to get a chance in that league to really show their stuff and really do well. It's a really, really good thing for that Vieira is doing. So that's why I'm rooting for Vieira as manager for Crystal Palace. I am, it's, you know, I like the way they play, I like the way um, Crystal Ballas play, I like the, the way they have um, young players in their team. If you look at their team, they're probably doing they're doing what I think sports used to do like back then, sports would go back to the championship, get young players in, Champ- young players who you know that they would play, that they would get a lot of chances with you, because you, clearly you're not fighting for that other stuff, you're, for, you're just around the mid-table zone, so you just go down to the championship, get in young players who would play for you. You know, you build them up and you play them because they're gonna get a lot of chances and then they play and then again. Get... If you look at Crystal Palace, a very you know, uh McGehee. obviously McGee is from Gahee is from, from Chelsea though, but Chelsea sold him and eventually didn't get a chance. But he played at Swansea in championship last season. The previous season, not last season, the previous season before um he went crystal palace, he played at Swansea, built his name up and then here in the Premier League you got Olise, 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 one who feels a championship from Reading Atle- Reading built his reputation there came into the league and now you know he looks really good right then so I think was it there's somebody else I'm, I'm trying to remember obviously I remember that I keep talking my point here is Crystal Palace they've really in terms of they have, they have the other the is that even the recent one, they signed Marco maybe be away be away is that recent one also came from the championship from Derby w- Derby County now he's in the Premier League with them you know he's able to build his reputation so this is what I mean players like this they're getting a chance coming from a championship the, Crystal Palace is like that their pipeline where they just it's like that pipeline where they just get to and then they build their reputation. So they get a chance pre Premier League and then they can get a chance. That's what I'm saying. So for 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 Crystal Palace, I'm rooting for them. <laughs> I am <laughs> I'm rooting for them too. I think it's gonna they're gonna have another good season, you know, in terms of you know, personnel and then it's it's a really really i think it's a really really good team it's a really good team for them they are really doing well they're a very good group um i always try and look out and watch them render anyways i'm done waxing lirika so bad let's talk about the game so they're both, um, are something at like 3-1 um good win for them and puts more pressure on um steven gerrard because um now nah, obviously steven gerrard is going to the the heat the hot seat is gonna get hotter for Gerard, which is not really a surprise because um, I think it's been since last season. It's just people never really paid attention because there were other things happening. Because the other things happening for them to pay attention to that, because if you look at last season, there were other things at stake. So there was Premier League race, there was the top four race, or relegation battle. I'm just gonna focus on Gerard's um, managerial role, even though. Um, Gerard, because at that time he had that many wins, it was it three wins? The wins were short, so there was a worry, but nobody was really paying attention. Now, people are paying attention, which is very normal, it's the way the media business works. So, before they focus on you, just make sure that you do as just get of your rot. As, but now, the focus on them is gonna get worse. And with Lampard and Gerard, that is where everybody's attention is currently on. But yeah, so the next game here, go, go to Sunday. On Sunday, we had um. Now these were all the games on Sunday. So there was um Newcastle versus Man City at Newcastle at home, West Ham versus Brighton, Leeds versus Chelsea. Now the they all played at the same time. No, Leeds versus Chelsea was the last game of the day. Then the Chelsea um, Newcastle Man City and West Ham Brighton were played at the same time. Now Newcastle joined this game 3-3. Listen, Man City took the lead first. Everybody was like, oh, it's gonna be another day. But Newcastle were like, listen, you're not coming here and getting points off us, something like Prior to this game Newcastle versus Man City, Man City always breezing through them. Man City would just come there, win 3-1, 4-0, 5, you know, Man City will just really go there and just get 3 points, a heavy win and just return, right? And in this game also, Eddie Howe had never won or even drawn against Man City. In fact, heavy beat, heavy defeats. He has always been on the end of heavy defeats with his Newcastle, with his, um, his bomb mod even before now, even last season, I think he lost to Man City also last season, so he has never gotten a point against Man City, so, so Newcastle set up really well, I, I didn't really look at their formation a like, lot, I was just watching the game but when I was watching, I observed some things and it's probably what a lot of teams have known that Man City tend to struggle with, a fast, basically if you are a striker and you have, or one of your two strikers are fast, well just have pace up front, and Man City, you can really, you really have a chance with Man City. You can. So, unless um, a maximum playing well, obviously, then Chris, if you look at Newcastle, their midfield pairing of um, Gimarish and um, Joel Inting, Jesus Christ, I mean, these guys are very, very good. Once those two, if, if you're playing against Newcastle, just hope that one of them are off, one of them, one of the two of them is off their game. Because even if, if you throw them on their game, it's not going to be easy. And you're not going to go to St. James's Park this season by just strolling around and breezing. And just, you're not going to do that. You're going to go to St. James's Park this season. You're really going to be ready to fight for the 3 points. You're not going to come there and just stroll around and say, Oh, we can put in 50% and then we'll get the result. No, you have. And they showed Man City that, listen, you, if you want to get any points on this game, you have to be ready. So Man City were, very, were not really very good in that game. And I think Nugas would smell blood. And you guys were playing and playing first goal equal, first, first goal Masti, they drew first blood. Amiron scoring the equalizer. And it's kind of funny because I remember last season, last when Masti was celebrating their league title, league triumph, um Grealish was saying that Mars was playing like Amiron, which didn't really obviously it doesn't go down well. Now a lot th- see, among football fans on Twitter, that kind of comments can be funny and it's acceptable. But for footballers, it's not really cool to say that to each other. In terms of you know for the respect of the game respecting each other it's not really cool to say that to each other and that for me is where i think there was an issue with with um that's why i felt it was an issue with that comment though but it's ironic that um, religion played this game and then you have Amiron who played and Amiron scored played really well came off i mean to stand vision ovation we we're clapping for him as in this part and then there were two one up. Callum Wilson scoring the second. Gave them a really gave them a game up front. Up front, Callum Wilson gave them a game. He was really. Him and Maximin were really. And when Manston on the break, I mean, you had to see the way Joel Linton was carrying the ball in midfield. He was just so good with it. Him and Guimarães were just really everywhere. <laughs> oh my god, nah, it's not really. I watched that game. I was like, listen, you're going to send Jesus' park <laughs> and you need points. You have to be on your game because you can't go there and just stroll around. So yeah, two one up. Now the first half ends, came back 3-1, freaky from Kiran Trippier, 3-1, I think City just woke up for like some few minutes, he came 3-3 because um, Harland scored and then that pass, Jesus Christ, that pass for Jagosefa from De Bruyne was fantastic, probably, one of, probably the pass of the season so far, easily the pass of the season already, because it was really, I mean, you have to see how many defenders that ball went through, there was one def- one DM D- D- in front of the burner. There was a the defender, and there was a defender to beat. There was an outside trap to beat. To so play the ball through four defenders and then eventually get Nah, that was that was that was outrageous. Three three, but I feel like for me the game was already gone at that point because Trippier got a red card but it got rescinded. But I feel like it was too late for Man City to really come back and get their three points because Newcastle probably I think you probably fell asleep for that period and then three three, so game ends one three three point three and uh, one point apiece for both sides. Cause seriously Newcastle like, let me talk about St. James's Park. What's gonna be St. James's Park more dangerous than ever is this right? You're looking at you're going to that ground. There is already a loud stadium. It's a loud stadium already. Then the players are up for it. It's not gonna be easy. Just know, just be ready. Man City get that. In fact, that's a very good point for Man City. You're looking back at that game. It's a good point for them because if you look, I think even for that future, Man City and Newcastle the only, they hadn't really considered goals, and then uh, that whole record just got shattered in that game. So it's not really gonna be easy. Trust me. You're gonna be out for a fight if you're gonna play against if you're going to play against Newcastle away. But yeah. And then the next game, um, the other game in that day was Brighton, Western Brighton. Brighton was game two 0 there's not really much to say about this i mean it was just it was just brighton having a very good start to the season and they've sold them um, bissouma and kukorea got in good money for both of them and they still have good players in replacement so i think they are bringing they brought in s to, sorry i hope i don't mispronounce that name let me know just try there's a new i will try and read it again try and learn how to pronounce it so they got a the new left back already for korea got in money and they have moises kaiser who already replaced bissouma so they have looked really good and their scouting has been good and I think before now one of the issues Brighton have had was striker right I think Welbeck obviously he won a penalty in that game but Welbeck as striker for them he fits them really perfectly well age wise um personnel wise the system the way he plays with them Welbeck really fits their system fits Brighton very well I'm happy for him to get way back into football because I think he was out and then he was out of the game now he's back I'm just happy for Welbeck that he's back in the game and playing but and Brighton, I think Brighton really suits well back very well the way he for him. Hey guys, I think they're going looking for getting a striker in, in, but yeah, that's what I say. So, good win for Brighton. Um, yeah, Porter and um, Eddie Howe are the managers that really the English managers that are really good. And I feel they're probably giving good hope, they're giving hope to England because I was thinking that England may have to. Because obviously, I mean, personally, I don't really read Gareth Southgate. but I was thinking that England would really have to probably look abroad to get a new major. but i think with eddie howie and um grand potter they have two english players already who could potentially who have potential to really be very good i mean they're already good what am i saying they're already good but the work they've done at newcastle and bonbon has been really good newcastle and brighton sorry has been really good so it's not really it's not like they've it's one fixture it's not like they're just gathering hype so far they've really shown their workings and Maybe we'll see though. If, if for it, it depends on maybe Eddie how Maybe if Newcastle probably get a new manager in. Maybe at a point, maybe they say they want to get a new manager in and then how it might be available for England. Depends. But it's really going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. Well, England have England have somebody. They can continue the version of appointing just English coaches. Yeah, and the last game for that day was Leeds versus Chelsea. Leeds winning this game 3 0. Now, I want to talk about some few things in this game. If I just go, Leeds win this game 3 2. Really good win. I'm just watching the way Kulibali was really ran ragged in that game. I'm, I'm really. It just makes me get upset that Spurs didn't really get Kulusevski on Kulibali a lot because remember, I think was it when they sent Kulusevski when Spurs was that game. I was talking about how I feel that you know, even Kulibali tends to struggle against certain kind of some kind of wingers, even in this serie. Uh, he struggled against Salah, struggled against um, Kulusevski. Kulusevski has scored against him. So. Kulibali has struggled against certain kind of personnels, certain kind of players. Now, if you look at, if you look at the way, um, the, in that game against just Aaron, Aaron Singh, I mean, he spawned him first time, yellow, he spawned him again, that was when I got him first yellow. And then there was a, high quality his second yellow was obviously a counter, he held the person back, got second yellow, but got sent off in that game. Which was, you know, for me, it was very, it was really true, the correct decision. But Leeds were all over the place. We're, sorry, one minute to Chelsea. No, what did I say? Sorry. Leeds were all over Chelsea. Sorry. Because they were from the get-go. They were up for it. They were really fighting. Why you say Chelsea were missing Kante? And then it was Gallagher who was playing. Because Gallagher was very poor. Chelsea were missing Kante, obviously. And I think this is what's going to give Chelsea a lot more room to say. Listen, this is why. You know, all of you saying that we should play young English players and not get ready-made players in. This is exactly why we did so Because Gallagher played. Didn't really impress. And Chelsea may still... So it's generally impressed because a lot of people are saying they should play uh, cold they should play. They are they have very good academies, should play these guys. But I'm like listen, you know these guys are not good. What is the point of playing them? <laughs> you know, and they are not ready for the for what we want to achieve. And Chelsea sell them and get good money for them. But that's what I was saying. So for me, I I think you know in that game Leeds were very, they were very deserved. Tyler Adams was really good. And one thing you have to notice that. Um, I think they had them Americans in their team. They had Aaron is American, hella Adams American, and then their coach is American, Jesse Marsh. You know, a lot of us football fans were just making fun of um leads, right? And their coach, you know, with all those American slangs like, hey man, bro, soccer, defence, offense, all these things we just they're just terms we just make fun of, right? But, you know, leads really look good. I mean, I think they've they've won two they've won two games, drawn one. I think they have very high they played exactly the same opponents with Spurs, exactly the same opponent that Spurs have played, scored the same amount of goals, drawn, scored the amount of goals, considered the same amount of goals, but obviously the results are not identical though, but the point I'm making is, you know, it's it's one of those things that's just <laughs> funny to note. But yeah, but for me, I think I think Leeds, obviously Leeds deserve that game, they deserve, deserve that win very well. First goal, Mendy's mistake uh, for the first goal, second goal was a, corn, a free kick, Rodrigo, then the third goal um harrison scoring so it was 3-0 late and for who don't know this game is actually actually has a bit of history behind it so there's a rivalry between Leeds and chelsea so i'm sure both fans there's a bit of bragging right just the way you have rivalry between brighton and crystal palace they're not they're not they're not neighbors per se in in the same um region but there's a rivalry between but there's a bit of history between both of them similar to the one between Leeds and Chelsea. a bit of history between both sides there's this kind of games. There are games that are like that. So it's that kind of game for me. And for me, Leeds really did well. And they got it. The important three points that the fans needed. Now Chelsea have a problem. And the there's one thing I also said lastly five this game. Chelsea have a problem. And I also, I said this in I said this before that Chelsea defensive offensively it's not even just a striker because they have a big problem. They didn't create a lot of clear court chances. I was checking the to today. They have only three big chances created. Chelsea have only three big chances created across the three games they've played so that's something for them to worry about it's not even just getting a striker it's and when he plays so I said Chelsea don't have a lot of clear-cut chances in this game against sports and truly if you look back at that game they didn't have a lot of clear-cut chances in this game against Leeds it, the same thing the game is in the very poor, so they really need some they need to analyzing their tactics or, or if you get just a striker it's not really gonna be enough but yeah that's my take on that one. and lastly the game yesterday probably the best or the last now my United play against Liverpool the formation Liverpool they played i was really surprised that they put ericsson in the middle and they paired him with um McTominay. then um obviously they paraded um Casimiro before the game and you know, their new signing 60 million pounds from real madrid but liverpool i would say the reason why liverpool were really really struggling because it was basically a 4-0-3 according to um, raj raj on uh, twitter he's the owner of a um, premier league panel um that's ulagan he said they were looking at 4-0-3 formation because Liverpool's midfield was non-existent. I mean, normally, I saw that when I was thinking that midfield, if you play that midfield against any most of most other teams in the Premier League, that United team will struggle. But if you play against Liverpool, they played three midfielders. They played Henderson, James Milner, and um Elliott. Elliot, it's not really surprised that Elliot looked better than the other two. Mm-hmm. The other two were they were aged, obviously they were older mentally obviously james milner is really i mean james milner has been playing football since he was 17 or 18 right he has played so many games Muna. his mind wants to do something but his body can't do it anymore the point is this milner just isn't the same player anymore so playing him in midfield in 2022 with head nah it he was very poor and then for the first goal um it was van dyke's fault obviously i don't really understand that kind of defending from van dyke then second goal from my, uh, that should have been, I, I'm even if you Liverpool deserve to lose that game, but that second goal looked very offside to me, I was surprised that they gave it as a goal, it was just one of those things that was really surprising, I don't know where they drew it, but it was just surprising that they gave it as a goal, and there was a game, in the Crystal Palace game, there was an offside situation that was ruled out, I think the defender of the Palace guy was ahead of the Villa Villa attacker, if, if I'm not mistaken, but it was ruled as out offside, so I don't really understand how they are drawing their lines, I really don't understand, these lines are very, very confusing, the way they draw them, but yeah, fast forward, to, so back to the game. Um, so 2-0 and then Salah scores one goal, 2-1. Firmino for Liverpool, I don't really, I, I, I forgot he was actually playing that game till close to the end of the game. I forgot, I forgot he was playing that game. That was how bad they were. Liverpool in general very bad. Trent was run ragged. But it's one thing I also noticed. I, I don't know if my unit really took a cue out of um, Palace's book because Palace played Zaha up front, which is again kudos to, kudos to Patrick, Patrick Vieira. So, he played Zaha up front. Zaha was up front, right? And check this out Zaha was really giving Liverpool a lot of problems. And he scored, he would have scored more than one goal in that game. Similar again, Rashford Rashford scored for my yesterday, but he was giving him a lot of problems. In that game also playing off that 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 shoulder you know that kind of that position so it, it was really a very good tactic for manager i was really very surprised that manager really went down that with that tactic it worked though but you know i i see think that midfield personally i, see, I see think that midfield if that midfield midf- was played against certain of positions that midfield will be ran ragged it's not really a midfield that that pairing of McTominay and Ericsson i not sustainable though but if United fans think it is well it is it is, it is what it is but Liverpool yesterday were very poor, I mean their midfield options were very poor and it is funny that Liverpool are not really trying to get in players, I'm really surprised they're not trying to get in midfielders, I mean if you look at how far they were competing for all 4 competitions last season and how they were really really in every single competition to the end and now looking at how they've lost a lot of players and then they're not really trying to bring in midfielders and they're waiting for the right player, you have to get in players now. It's surprising. So only, they only have two draws and one loss, and potentially have that loss. I said they were was probably more painful than all one because the manner with which they lost. But yeah, that's that's that's. It's just one of those points. It's going to be a very interesting. Premier League season. I think overall, I don't really expect the Premier League season year. You're going to see ninety six point, ninety eight point. I don't think. You're to, I don't think. You're to, I don't know if we're going to get that this season because it looks like every team has quality. What I mean, obviously they are, you yeah, know. But I'm talking about every. If you look at all the Premier all the 20 teams, every, even the mid-table sides, you're not going to go there and stroll around. Everybody has quality, Obviously, there's some poor sides, yeah, they will get that. But across, I mean, Fulham look good, Brentford look good, Crystal has look good. I mean, come on, Newcastle look good. If you look at Wolves, look good. Every Leeds look good. Look at all these teams I've mentioned. These are things that they can easily they can they play either on their day and any of the top team is not on their day these teams can beat anybody this is the heck what i'm talking about but yeah it's a very gonna be a very good interesting season and um we we'll look forward to it but anyways um yeah have a nice what am i saying sorry i'm off to my big story segment so um, i'll see you guys in that big story segment we're gonna talk about some final so updates and i'll give my thoughts and then we'll call it a day Okay, finally, it's time for a big story segment. I'm going to do a quick one, we'll do a round of all the transfer, some transfer updates. So, I said, so, yesterday morning, I went on Twitter and I figured that, oh, Pedro Neto, I to David Austin, Pedro Neto, someone who's linked with Arsenal, um, which is very interesting because um looks like that's competition for Saka, obviously, obviously competition for Saka because, I mean, on the right, Saka hasn't really, even really, really contributed in terms of goals and assists already for Arsenal. So, it's really going to be interesting. To see, you know, they are, they are linked with Neto, but he's gonna probably comp- competition with them for him, competition for that spot. So Wolves 150 fifty, Arsenal thirty-five. I don't really know if they're gonna measure the middle, but that's one issue I saw yesterday. Then with Chelsea, Chelsea is still trying to get a striker, but now Anthony Gordon is somebody they're trying to get, obviously. So sports were interested before. sports want thirty-five million, they want fifty-five million, everything. They're like now, nah. so now Chelsea are willing to offer fifty million pounds plus ten million pounds add-ons, which I think is outrageous. Listen, Anthony Gordon. I want to just make this clear. This is my view on Gordon. I have not really seen anything special about that guy. When I've been, I'm not saying he's a bad footballer, but what exactly is special? He's 21, yes, but that's all potential. He has potential. Finish. What exactly can we look at, Gordon? Shooting technique, goals. If you look at his, his peer group, his, his age, his age grade, there's players in his range in terms of foot playing ability. If you look at, if you look at Foden, if you look at Kolosevsky, if you look at um, Chiesa, look at all these players. These players are in his 8th group. They are in that, you know, in and around that zone with him. If you watch those players and watch him, what exactly would you look? There's a clear difference. You know, I'm like, what makes him stand out? That it's okay, this player, this is what he's about, this is his quality, and this is what we know that, okay, this is what he can produce. There's really nothing that we can say, okay, this is what stands out in this particular footballer called XY. There's really nothing that's really standard. And that's why I'm like, I'm wondering myself. What exactly can we really say is his quality there's somebody i don't know but i don't really know if he's yes for me i think that I, I want persons who defended richarlison signing because i was, was said yes for me i really think that's actually his price because richarlison is really i think that is a transfer that you know if you look at that amount of money that sports paid for richard 60 million pounds for me i think that is a really really good price the going for attackers if you look at an equality of ritualism is fact that he has scored i think an average of 10 10 10 goals everything so it's really a very good number but that number for someone like gordon who doesn't really who's not posting the same numbers it's about you're basically telling me that he's going to cost that much as much as madison he's not a kick expert he's not an assist king It's not really there's really nothing that you can say okay this is what we know that this is why he's special he just has potential so for me for that price i'm like listen this is the first time i'm actually saying that for that price tag i think he's overpriced and i really think i think i think he obviously he can come come good in future but i think at everything i think he's fine at everything i think with that system he should just keep playing there and then maybe eventually he will be worth that amount of money i think he's a move too soon though maybe he wants to play in league and all that but i think he's a move too soon because i don't i honestly do not see any quality about that guy that was like this is really 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 why we really think this guy is gonna be the guy but yeah, the success are gonna get trying to get young trying, trying, trying to get any market for to be, he's, not get, he's not gonna get any market for a striker. So we're gonna see how those is unfold as time goes by go on. Yeah. So back to um um the Man City, I don't think Man City are gonna sign any anybody else, but um it was with um um this guy. What's his name? Silva. So it was with Silva. I think it's gonna be, I think after Sunday's game against Newcastle, I think it's very obvious that Silver is gonna be staying. They staying it's not gonna go to Barcelona obviously. So yeah, then uh, with with uh, Man United, they're seeing the market for other players. That I mentioned they mentioned they've signed them um, um, Casemiro, Casemiro as their DM, and they're going to be in trying to sign Kudigapo and um, and um, this guy Anthony. Anthony obviously didn't play for Ajax on Sunday. Um, potentially going to be leaving. It's like he wants to leave. A lot of the players, the way they talk about him, he just like obviously Man United like, interested. They're going to pay probably paying. I think it's 100 million euros, and then Kodigapo. Two signings for my they are gonna get in. I still think I don't know, but they look, they look good for my unit. So for those signings, they, I think they would really do well. They, they United, some, I won't say they would do well, though, but need, I don't know if they'll do well though. Many really need somebody on the right though. So I think Anthony will go that for them. But with Kodigapu, I don't really know why. Because obviously in the game yesterday, Ronaldo didn't start, Ronaldo didn't play. So are they really looking at it? What stadium? are they gonna drop Ronaldo you know eventually and say okay, we're gonna drop him. 'Cause it's it's at that level now with Ronaldo because he knew yesterday and they, they look really better with him, they look like a team, they look much better without Ronaldo. Fernandez looked good yesterday without Ronaldo. So it's really gonna be surprising that United are really in the market for for um it's really surprising that United are in the market for for um for this guy. It's really surprising. Um, Kodigako, what message I sent to Ronaldo, I'm looking for where he's going to play, he's going to be on the left, I, don't play much, because I think Kodigako can play off front, I think he's 6'3 or 6'4 or 6'2 if I'm not mistaken, he's a really tall, player, so he's really going to play him off front, I really don't know, but it's going to be interesting to see how you know they play how he he plays, or how they play him, where they play him, but I think it it's transfers that if they pay the money they can get those two guys in, but it's going to be very interesting into the window, it's, it's not really surprising because when the window is about to end, teams begin to heat up, yeah, and then with Liverpool, well, there's really no noise coming out of that camp. And then with Spurs, yeah, well, we we um we've seen some links with Spurs. So we all know. I think after the press conference, the game on Sunday during the, the after the game, the conference Conte was saying that if we if we if a player leaves, we need to get replacement. He made it really clear. So the links with Manilovsky is really making a lot of sense. Because um Dortmund, Lukic can play on the right. Uh, sport, even from even before, even before he left, leave. He is gonna leave because he's going to Valencia on loan. They were gonna get a a in because before were chasing Zaniolo, Zanul got injured. Unfortunately, got injured yesterday. Dislocated his shoulder. For a, very unlucky. I mean, probably gonna be out for a long time. I don't know. Maybe if we get more reports on his injury. But it's really on it's a shame. It's not he's not really a very lucky player, he gets injured a lot, and so yesterday's injury wasn't really sports eh? it's just one of those things, but it's it's really sad. So I suppose in the market for somebody in that in that range. But now I'm seeing some links yesterday that's supposed I'm, I'm seeing some links to wingers. I saw links to unless like, a main and the which I'm very surprised that then got gordon. This is uh I'm very surprised that this is Dan James, which are very underwhelming apart from Maxim, I don't know they are still very underwhelming if you look at how you know the the the, the targets it's still very underwhelming I'm just very surprised you know that at is still in that pops up <laughs> I'm very surprised it's still popping up I really am I don't know man I don't know Excuse me. but I think it's a smoke screen. with uh, Manilovsky, I don't know if the reports are very very confirmed though but there are reports that obviously he's moved to a massive breakdown massive interested uh, making the bid. I think Atlanta wants a loan with option to buy. Wants a f- straight transfer. Suppose having a loan with option to buy, which is like what Mar- Paratiche likes to do. A loan with option to buy. It's a way around these deals. But if you to game, I think my loss could be very good. I think my loss can centre back would be very good. I don't know who the centre back they're going to sign, but I hope you get a quality one. So I think the, it's going to make a lot of sense because now because two players that will move, uh, Brian Hill and Tanganga now if these two guys move, they're going to get two guys in so I think the two guys probably in my and maybe one more centre-back now who the centre-back is, I do not know hopefully it's a quality one <laughs> I trust, I really trust that they, they'll make a good decision because for that Diaz position we really need somebody who can play we don't really just want just but we need somebody who can play for me, and that's just it for me who can, who's ready who can just come in, slot into that side and really, really, really play well yeah, speaking of other transfers, in full, I'm interested in um, um this guy. What is his name? Clivett, Justin Clivett. Um, he was, I think it was at Nice last season from Roma. Roma, I think Roma wanted a straight transfer. Full amount option to buy that kind of deal. I think it's not going to be done because it's not going to be done. I'm looking forward to see Clivett in the league though. Clivett played for Newcastle in the Premier League. Was it back in the nineties? Then um, seeing Justin Clivett play, it's going to be interesting to see how that transfer fares. But yeah, that's um the end of today's episode. And um, transfer windows is obviously gonna get more interesting as the weeks, as the days go by. So hold on to the edge of your seats and be very, very, very ready. <laughs> yeah, have a nice um, week. And I'll be back hopefully I'll be back by Friday or Thursday. I don't know how, but I'll try. Friday, Thursday, I'll try and make sure I become back. Take care and have a nice week. Bye.